today we have with us Sam and Blue from Bristol Defendant Solidarity. Thanks so much for coming. Welcome, Sam and Blue. Thanks a lot for having us on. Yeah. So let's start by asking what is Bristol Defendant Solidarity? Um, so BDS is, uh, we're a grassroots group run by volunteers. Um, we organise legal, practical and political support um, and solidarity with anyone facing charges from involvement in sort of left-wing politics and protests. Um, and we believe in the importance of solidarity in the face of the attacks of the authorities against our movements. And how long have you been going? Uh, <laughs> so um, we organised uh, in the noughties quite informally to provide just the you know, kind of basic legal support. There was a lot of learning on our feet. Um, a lot of us obviously been in trouble with the law on the on the wrong side or right side, depending on your perspective, <laughs> um, for, for some years. And we recognise the need, you know, to, to keep people involved, well, to support people in the first place, but also to keep people involved in movements. We, we recognise the importance of um, sticking together when faced with their kind of legalistic attacks. You mean that if people might just feel that they don't want to get involved in activism anymore after they've faced, faced legal... Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I definitely, the first time I was arrested, I was scared shitless. It put me off organising for, for a while. Luckily, I had a great group of mates um, and organisers that supported me. Um, otherwise, I don't know if I would have continued. Right. I've had the experiences I know many others have had of like going to like big marches and stuff in London with certain political groups, which <laughs> we'll probably won't, don't need to name, but I think you'd probably uh, get the gist of who, who we're talking about. But they organise big coaches. Any people get arrested. There's no one waiting for them outside the police station. And yeah. like, you know, having to, having to either like sleep rough, you know, and get the next bus home in the morning or just find your own way home somewhere. And that is not, yeah. by any stretch of the imagination like anything worthy of the name solidarity so yeah it's just kind of basic um basic stuff that we're doing really it's nothing like yeah i mean like, a lot of it is um, sort of in the day stuff is just informing people of their rights um watching the cops and then yeah providing arrestee support for people that do get arrested so yeah. We, we formally set up in 2011, I guess, um, in response to the um, the people who got picked up after the Stokes Croft um, riots, because um, there was a real need. You, you know, quite a few people were getting arrested and facing quite heavy charges. N no riot charges, interestingly, but um, that's when we were really sort of said, right, okay, we need to up our game and like properly um, do this. Um, and the feedback we got from people there was just like, what? There's people who are uh, supporting people like us. <laughs> and, you know, it was it was um, pretty telling, really, like that there was a, a gap there and it, it needs to be filled, like that basic kind of looking after each other. Yeah, it is real nice to be met at the cop shop when you get let out, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Pretty lonely experience. The whole, the whole system is designed to make you feel isolated and like 
to submit to their like control and their power like the power of the state and yeah like the odds are stacked against you so like just knowing that you're not alone and there are folks that are willing to help I think that makes a big difference yeah I'm sure it does I mean so the next thing I was going to ask you is why is it necessary I guess we've kind of covered that but do you want to expand on that at all there's definitely more to say because you know, as I say, we've we've all been on the receiving end of their so-called justice. We know what it looks like, how it feels, um, and just how stacked it is against us. So we just haven't been through it, and you know, continuing like it's not as if we're hanging up our <laughs> our demo wear just yet. We're still <laughs> at it. <laughs> we um, we we recognise that it's it's really important that people don't feel alone when they're facing the. The wrath of the state and you know the, all their efforts to exact maximum vengeance and punishment for anyone who steps out of line so honestly one of my favorite things with the kill the bill uh defendants in particular is like that introducing them all to each other and then they're like becoming friends there's this whole campaign coming out of it and they're it's it's amazing like and like they're supporting each other it's great it's it's just beautiful to see um yeah a lot of them are really are really young and like it might be sort of maybe yeah one of the first things they've done or the first time they've been arrested and it's just seeing them like working together and there's just all this energy it just it feels amazing so a lot of what we do is like it's kind of demystifying the sort of legalistic processes and jargon that they use weapons against us and you know young people who is you know for many of these folks is their first contact with the law for quite a few of them it's not but we want just want to help people prepare as thoroughly as they can and like um just take the take the fear out of it take the isolation out of it and take the you know kind of regain a bit of our power and say look this is not our chosen terrain okay we can stand together here and it's powerful and in many cases we can as um, Blue was saying, like strengthen our movements through through it all, and like turn a shit situation against the oppressors and turn the tables a little bit, you yeah. know. Well, I mean, it's definitely pissing off the the CPS that everyone's pleading not guilty. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah, thought yeah. it was going to be nice and easy for them, and it's <laughs> yeah. wasting a lot of their time and money. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is that a decision for everyone to plead not guilty? Is that like a is that just how it's happened to work out or is that like a, a strategy? It's not a strategy. Like we'll support defendants. It's, it's, it's defendants' choice. Um, and some people have already pled guilty and they are in prison now. Um, mm-hmm. And we're continuing to support them in prison. Um, but a lot of people, once they're sort of have actually a bit more information and they're a bit more informed, they're like, no, actually, I want to fight this. I yeah. don't just want to lie down and take it. Yeah, we'll, we'll support, as, as Blue says, we'll support people, which whatever they decide, whatever path they decide through it all. And, um, yeah, I think that's just really important. We're not in a position, nor would we want to be, to say, tell people how they should plead or what, you know, what they should do, because it's, yeah. it's not our freedom that's on the line. So we'll stand with people. But the whole thrust of what we do is defendant-led. Yes, we can give kind of our ideas and our experience, but we're not going to tell people what to do. Um, we'll support people in their choices. That's what we're about, really. 
so you're you're supporting some or all of the people facing charges from that May the twenty first demo. Yes, so that was the first um, kill the bill protest, and we're we're currently in contact with over forty people. So any of the kill the bill defendants who've either been in touch with us or we've managed to get in touch with them, yeah, as many as possible, basically, and a lot of that involved turning up at court on the day and being like hi we're bds would you like some help wow. <laughs> um, i think it was a bit weird for some people because yeah some people we just couldn't get in touch with before that um or they didn't know about us um i think word of mouth has spread a bit now you can imagine people you know you can imagine the scenario people are shitting themselves really nervous frightened <laughs> you know terrorized by the charges that have been leveled against them which are really high-end heavy charges and then just some random people come up to me <laughs> in court. <laughs> you can imagine that you know, there was some like some responses ranging from like frosty to what the fuck, who are you, to mm -hmm. instant recognition, <laughs> like because you know some people had heard of us already. Yeah, it certainly raised the profile. Like you know, hanging around outside of court and just accosting people, as as well as all the sort of work putting posters out and you know all the social medias, words just spread quite a lot, and the you know mm -hmm. the profile awareness of bds and what we do is is really sort of skyrocketed in bristol yeah. so are yeah. you um are you able to tell me anything about what happened on that day on that 21st of march well i mean there's there's lots to say about it yeah um i think the old adage of there's only called it they only call it violence when we fight back holds very true here mm -hmm. we're really proud of everyone who who was there that day uh, so and we're proud. we're very very proud and uh, honoured to be kind of standing alongside people who kind of dared to fight back really and like not take it lying down. I think anyone who was there that day, or a lot of people who have seen footage, you can see clearly that the violence is started by the cops. And you know, as they say, self defence is no offence. Mm -hmm. Like earlier on in the day, it was just, it was almost like carnival esque, the atmosphere. It was, a bit it was of like, pie, wasn't it? it reminded yeah. me of the sort of 1990s and the sort of the anti criminal justice bill demonstrations. And yeah. the, parale the parallels are there for all to see, you know, all who were around that time. It's kind of come around again, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, you know, there was thousands taking part on that day in Bristol. We don't want to just talk about it March 21st because there's, you know, there's other. It was, there's quite a few other demonstrations, I think over 13 other demonstrations since March the 21st. But that day was, you know, the crowd was really diverse. The atmosphere was charged, but like really quite, you know, almost a bit playful, you know. Obviously, like, there's a real diversity of the crowd and people were there for different reasons. But I know a lot of people were just there to, because they're, you know, really fundamentally opposed to the sort of fascist creep that's going on and like ever more authoritarian state mm -hmm. that we're living under. It was it was in the early evening. Demonstrators kind of went to Bridewell Police Station. Yeah, you know, there's a, so we've we've heard the like the judge and the prosecution making a lot, really sort of going to town and exaggerating the sort of like sinister overtones of going to Bridewell Police Station. For mm. us, that's a clear, legitimate, and understandable focal point for protesting against increasing police powers yeah. and what the government's up to. Yeah, as soon as as soon as folks got near the cop shop, the police mood became very aggressive. Um, you know, the riot shields came out, the batons came out, 
they mm. were pushing and shoving people people sat on the ground as well you know not not that I want to push this narrative of like peaceful and non-peaceful protesters but you know there were people who were just sat on the ground chanting and they were getting bashed and pepper sprayed pepper sprayed in the face um and for a long time people did just sort of sit there stand there and take it and just chant shouting sort of anti-police slogans um but yeah you know at what point is enough enough people people didn't want to sit down and take it anymore um yeah, I mean, it It all kicked off, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people, you know, there's only so far you can push people before people start pushing back, basically. And yeah. so, you know, there's police vehicles were damaged, set graffitied, fire. set on fire. Shields and batons that were being used to attack people were kind of uh, taken from the police by, by people in the crowd and used to defend the crowd and, you know, each other against further attacks. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, the, the cop shop became the target of sort of everyone's justifiable anger. Um, and the windows did end up getting smashed, didn't they? Yeah. Which really pissed off the police. It felt like a really powerful moment of like collective solidarity and resistance. And, you know, you take the badges away and, you know, they're just thugs in uniform. Mm-hmm. And it's just a street fight. There were some arrests that night, but most people picked up afterwards. Um, there was a very, very hysterical media response, yeah. uh, backlash, which, you know, kind of did their duty and fell in line with, you know, the the agenda of the authorities, published wanted pictures. There um, were a few house raids yeah, on some, the wrong people as well. Yeah, some really horrific stories about house raids, like... Um, Maybe you've heard about cops posing as Amazon workers to gain entry. No, I have not heard about that. Oh, so they traumatised some young women, I think uni students, um, tricked their way into, like, being let in and then... um, Surrounded a a young woman who was, like, half-dressed, having a panic attack. And then it Um, wasn't even the right person. Made mistaken identity. Just stuff like that, you know? Or meanwhile, like, making claims of, um, you know, like, being the victims and how how injured, how how many cops were injured on the night. And that that claim was later totally rebuffed by hospital staff. Yeah. Who said, uh, actually, we didn't really treat any any police officers for broken ribs or broken arm and this sort of thing. So they got, they really got shown up for the lying shits that they are. And then I think... You know, a couple of nights later, there was, again, a sit-down demonstration in College Green. Mm. And, I mean, what can only be described as revenge policing, really? Yeah. Well, like It has been described as yeah, such, yeah. Like, they, they were just kicking the shit out of people um, who were sat on the ground again. And, yeah, it was clearly, like, retribution for the previous demonstration. Yeah. It was disgusting. This is yeah, what happened. I was talking to some people who were there at that college green. I mean, I was there in the day, but I left and they were saying that they'd, and the cops had actually told them, the liaison officer had told them on three different occasions that they were going to be allowed to stay. And then, yeah. And then they yeah, that was actually yeah. It's pretty, it's just, uh, it's just pretty horrendous, isn't it? That level of like cynical manipulation and like, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to have a bit of fun. A punishment beating. Here. That's yeah. what it was. Like, you know, I, I don't know if you've heard about that all-parliamentary group report that came out 
it's really quick actually <clears throat> there was like uh, a report that was done that that you know some of the findings were that the the actions of the police exacerbated the situation on march 21st and there was like punishment uh, revenge policing. revenge policing uh subsequent demonstrations and that's what that's what happens when you've got this sort of like um green light from the highest level of government which says right effectively crack some heads <laughs> get revenge mm-hmm. you know they, they felt massively entitled and confident to to do the dirty work of the state and do exactly that you know with the house raids literally yeah. punishment beatings at the next couple of demonstrations until i think they were told to kind of rein it in a little bit but just so many like um protesters injured and like real nasty sort of head injury sort of you know shielding bat- baton strikes really really significant injuries that people suffered there was a um, dog bites dog bites as well there's yeah. a there was a group that formed one thing that you know in all the sort of like grimness of it all it's been really good how activist community and, and comrades in bristol have got together there's a lot of people i think realize well this is really big realize the significance right. of it and yeah. thank thankfully realize that it's much bigger than what bds could handle <laughs> so you know working groups form to sort of document the injuries to kind of to push back against the narrative of the cops as the victims in all this and that was really successfully done and they, yeah. they got a lot of I mean, it was the tip of the iceberg, really. They, you know, it was over 60 protesters said, yes, we were injured by the police. We know it was many, many more than that. A lot of people were afraid to come forward. Yeah, exactly. Are there any actions being taken against the police for their excessive violence? Is that something that it can happen or is happening? So we've been in, in contact with quite a lot of people who've been on the receiving end of their the police brutality. And we've given out numbers of uh, police that we know, of, of sorry, solicitors that we know that specialise in uh, and are very successful, got a good track record of suing the police. It's up to people whether they take that up. Um, I think a lot of people we've we've heard directly from some people that I just want to put it behind me. It was so traumatising. I can't revisit it in another court case, mm-hmm. another court case. So, I mean, that's it's grim to hear that because that's kind of how they do it and you know how they kind of carry on doing it i mean we do encourage people say look if you can it's good to sort of make them pay literally because it can put a break on them doing it quite so bad in the future and you know it is just good to make them pay as well um and we offer support through that process as well as like criminal you know people facing criminal charges so um what sorts of charges are people facing well, I think I think the CPS is is quite determined to make an example out of people. So um, they're predominantly using riot charges with the intention of securing lengthy prison sentences. And after the first the first few people pled guilty, I think that sort of emboldened them to keep dishing out the riot charges. But now more and more right. people are pleading not guilty um, because they've got better legal advice, better solicitors. They've got support from BDS and other defendants. I think it's really pissed off the CPS, to be honest. Because, yeah, they they want to stop people, yes, make an example of people and stop people feeling like they can do something like that again. Um, because it was a huge, powerful moment. And so many people came out to show what they thought of the bill. Mm. 
Um, a lot of them, yeah, had never been to a demo before. But yeah, I think I think they are starting to step down from their original line of sort of charging everyone with Riot because they've realised they've got quite a fight on their hands. I mean, we've got court cases booked up till next July. And that's, now, yeah. and that's just from defendants from March 21st, I think. So, yeah, yeah. And it's the same judge doing all the cases. So he, I think he's running out of time. Yeah, they've got kind of a hanging judge in who's like with great zeal kind of meeting out punishment. He's been he's, he's the one that they've basically sent in to set some he's clearly pro- biased proverbial heads on stakes at the city gates yeah. as a warning to the rest of us, you know. So is that the reason then why they're bringing these heavier charges than they would in other similar situations, you know, historically? To make yeah, an example and just to sort of draw a line in fans. Yeah, they don't like it when people, you know, seriously fight back against, you know, their plan and their and their sort of police, do they? They've really sort of shown their colours these last few months and we've kind of seen quite up close the nature of the beast and how, how they work. Um Yeah, I think it is. It's it's definitely political. Um there's I think there's pressure coming from somewhere high up. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, the, the Stokescroft thing in 2011, no, there were no charges of riot then. Nor were there in London in, in London, 2011? Yeah, when, when Mark Duggan was murdered by police, no one was charged for riot then. Mm. Um, so, you know, what's what's different? The, what's different, I think, is the political climate and the, and the government that we got in at the moment. Yeah. Their plans for, like, increasing totalitarian control, really. They... You know, they recognise that there's a lot of unrest um, in various sort of, you know, for various reasons in society, not least the sort of massively increasing gap between rich and poor, which they're presiding over and, like, dishing out wealth amongst their friends. Yeah, um, I think it's a lot, it has a lot to do with sort of escalating repression yeah. and attacks on social movements. Um yeah, you know this government is intent on having the means to shut down any meaningful criticism or op- opposition. Mm. I mean, the, the bill is literally making protest illegal, yeah, yeah. <laughs> essentially, um, and they know there's a lot of unrest and anger. Yeah. Um, and they know that they can only do so much before people are pushed to fight back. So that's why they're preparing. You know, they're like this. This law is kind of just, I think we need to see this law as just part of it. It's like it goes alongside and fits very nicely with a vastly expanding prison building program. You know, the, you know, backed up with all these sort of ever more draconian laws and impunity for the cops, you know, with the spy cops and this sort of thing. Stamping on any eight bursts of popular rebellion and just making sure that there's there's no comeback whatsoever for for, for the police, really, it's just blatant class. Really. Yeah. Is and, and is this just is it just been in Bristol that it's been this heavy with the charges and the police violence, or is that across other cities in the UK? I think with Bristol, it's it's got a bit of a history of sort of uprisings and unrest. So I think they probably do see Bristol as a bit of a trouble spot, and it also has quite a high population of like uh traveling community and no fixed abode people there's a lot of van dwellers that live in bristol and a lot of them came to the protest because 
you know, the bill is opposing their way of life. Um, so I think they are particularly keen to bring the hammer down hard here. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence right. that they're out for maximum punishment and revenge. And, yeah, they're targeting the Kill the Bill protesters here with with the political use of, of riot charges um, because, yeah, it's to set an example of punishment and scare other people, other cities into sort of following suit. What they're doing is nothing new, is it? No. Uh, it's like this has been done for so many years by governments everywhere. I think it's important to um, recognise that what they're doing here, if they're successful with the repression and there's not much kind of pushback and resistance, it will give them confidence. Just as we've seen, um, you know, they got confidence by the people who pleaded guilty early to riot, which, you know, we're not going to, like, talk down on them for that, the, the, the people that did that, but it did offer them a massive confidence boost because they were like oh wow we can actually get away with right. charging people with riot and they'll plead guilty so if they're successful here they'll they'll roll it out elsewhere we can yeah you can be sure of that so it's not it's not just a bristol issue and yeah we've seen you know heavy-handed policing with the sarah everard protests mm-hmm. in london as well you know and i think it's only going to get worse yeah yeah it's not just like bristol police that are the problem is it so if the bill or should i say when the bill passes as we expect it to do how do you expect it to affect situations like this i mean it's i think it's clear what their plans are with sort of further criminalization of protest and sort of already oppressed communities as i mentioned before like there's a lot of a lot of um band dwellers and and the traveling community live in and around Bristol and it's becoming harder and harder for them to just live their way of life um, combined with increased powers for the cops as if they need more um, and longer sentences um, for people who resist. So it's, yeah, they're trying to minimize disruption and they're just throwing more and more laws and control at us. And I think it's just going to increase conflict with the authorities, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, what is it up to a year in prison just for organising a protest? Yeah, there was an amendment recently by one of the sort of lords, wasn't there, of like up to a year in prison for locking on or, you know, having equipment that's that's locking on for like, whether it's anti-arms protest or like uh, uh, environmental protest, you know, those sort of tried and tested tactics. They're catching up with their laws now. It's like, okay, well, that's effective what they're doing. That's disrupting our business as usual. So let's let's start putting them in prison for that as well, actually. So, you know, as well as like um, increasing the sentencing for assault on emergency work, which was new in 2018. Currently, it's like a year maximum in prison. Now they're wrapping it to two years. So mm-hmm. I think the language around that is important too, because they've changed it from assault of an officer to assault of an emergency worker and that sounds a lot worse like you're attacking an ambulance a paramedic yeah yeah. no one's out there shouting fuck the fire brigade like (laughs) tell me a bit about the support that you're offering to these defendants what does what does that look like practically um i mean it has many many different aspects um number one is sort of 
just solidarity with with everyone. Um, but I guess it starts with sort of distribution of useful legal info before and during demos, sort of bus cards. Which, which incidentally, people got sprayed in the face with pepper spray for dishing out bus cards yeah. on March the twenty first. Um, <laughs> Literally. Sorry. Can I just take a minute for anyone listening who doesn't know what that is? It's a bust card, not a bus bus card. <laughs> it's just a little thing telling you what your rights are if you get arrested and giving you some simple tips of what to do if you get arrested. And just a couple of numbers to ring um, of right. like good protest lawyers and I think BDS contact details as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, and that helps us coordinate legal support and, and arrestee support. So lifts home for arrestees. There was a lot of ringing around being like, who's going to do the 4am shift at the cop shop? A lot of waiting outside the police station. A lot of waiting outside the police station. But I mean, it makes such a difference when you come out of a police station and there's a couple of people there. They've got a cup of tea. They've got snacks. They've got you a lift home. Yeah. I think it starts there and then sort of we we continue to support those people through the legal process. Um, we accompany defendants to police stations and the courts. We help to prepare them for trial in various ways, um, finding witnesses, useful footage. We've trawled through a lot of footage, haven't we? Mm -hmm. A lot of um, uh, and, and raising money to help pay fines and legal mm -hmm. costs. That trawling through the footage, you've only got to scratch the surface to see what actually happened that day. We've been looking at this footage. The police will, will present their very selective footage um, of like people pushing back. But of course, what they neglect to sort of include in that footage, which our solicitors will be like pushing them. No, you actually need to show us the full footage. They don't. What they don't show is what the police were doing just before to provoke that reaction. Uh -huh. So it's, it's things like that, you know, it's quite a lot of hours of looking through footage. We can never, unfortunately, match, like, the paid minions of the state and their, you know, hours and hours of trawling footage. But we've already unearthed a lot of useful stuff for defendants that we think will, will go a long way to um, flipping the narrative, really, and to sort of answering back to the bullshit, quite frankly, the bullshit that they've kind of put out about it. Yeah. Um, and then you also supporting those who have actually been sentenced and are in prison. Yeah. yeah so we've been working quite closely with um, Bristol ABC, Anarchist Black Cross, um, mm -hmm. and that's work that they do anyway, supporting sort of political prisoners. It's been really good working alongside ABC. Like yeah. We're, we're supporting each other's efforts like um, really, really effectively and like communicating really well, I think. Yeah, and I, I think so. People within both groups um, have sort of been. Each defendant gets like a, a specific buddy who's like their point of contact for BDS, and also you know if they need some more emotional support because it's fucking traumatic process to go through being arrested and beaten up by cops and spending a night in a cell. Like, so just maybe. Maybe we don't have like capacity to, to do everything, but we can at least signpost them um, or fund counselling um, for people that are really struggling as a, a result of being on sort of the sharp end of state violence. Yeah. Um, there was an injury support group that formed, um, I think you mentioned that earlier, yeah. sort of documenting protesters' injuries from police violence. It's been really inspiring how people have come together, you know, because as, as we said, like, 
you know, when when this first, um, you know, most of us were there. Like we saw <laughs> what was going on. And we're like, shit. this is fucking great that people <laughs> people are solid together. But oh shit, we're gonna have a lot of work on our hands because we yeah, saw, you know, right. as we'll talk about in a bit, a lot of people understandably fighting back, but not with masks on and like, you know, some people were like more than a little bit half cut. So you're like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we got some work. We got our work cut out for us, um, but it's been great how people have uh, really, really stepped up to 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 take on various aspects of that work. You know, say like emotional support as a group that that formed and that is continuing to to like um, meet up with defendants and really just talk stuff through and just like be able to listen because, yeah. as Blue said, there's a lot of really traumatized people been on the receiving end and like you know really struggling with the stress and anxiety of facing the heavy charges and the court cases as well as like the violence that they that they sort of had to suffer yeah Lots. well it's amazing work that you guys do it really is your experience in supporting these defendants how has that been for you guys it's been pretty non-stop yeah exhausting at times really quite high pressure um, since March. We've spent way too much time in their courts, which is not our preferred way of spending our time or our sort of where we like to kind of struggle and put our energy. But if we have to be there, we will. And we, you know, we need to go into the mindset of fighting to win. There's a lot of work to do. Um, You know, some we've kind of touched on some of the aspects of the work and we're aware of the risks of burnout. It's been, you know, it's just, there's no two ways about it. It's fucking grim seeing just how punitive and vengeful they are. And it shouldn't be a surprise. It's kind of like we know, we know what they're like. and We know the nature of the state and what it's like, but it's still just pretty shocking to see how barefaced and blatant they are. And yeah, just seeing people who shouldn't be going to prison at all, just because of the politics of the moment, because of the real, like, urge of the, the authorities to, to get their punishment and revenge, just getting this out lengthy prison sentences. Like, you know, this judge who just accepts wholesale the lies of the cops, like, without any questions asked, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not all doom and gloom. Um, we, we have met some great people. Um, and, yeah, it has been really inspiring to see how a lot of the defendants um, facing this, they're getting to know each other and supporting each other forming really strong bonds, real sense of solidarity in the face of everything. That's um, been really powerful, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, this sort of a defendant's campaign sort of kind of formed um, the, the Bristol anti-repression campaign. Yeah, they're, they're, I think they're really encouraged and motivated by organising together and by all the support they have. I think combination of the, the Kill the Bill defence campaign and working with BDS and ABC has helped them break, break through the isolation yeah. um, that they would have had when first arrested. And that's one of the main reasons we do this. Yeah. And we've had plenty of reasons to be cheerful as well. Like, it's, yeah, it's good to remind ourselves of that because, you know, the crowdfunders that were set up, for example, um, really, really quickly raised a lot of money, which is a real testament to, you know, in, and especially like, at the same time as all this vitriol was like being spewed out in the papers about, you know, the the, the, 
the sort of folk demons of the writers of Bristol and all this sort of thing that we've heard so many times before. And yet the crowdfunders are just filling up like really fast and they've raised between the Bristol Defendant Solidarity and the Anarchist Black Cross fundraisers. Both between them have raised over £50,000. Wow. Quite short time, really. A lot of that so are they really still open? Are those crowdfunders still open? Yeah, we'll say a bit about them in a bit. We can give you the, okay. the links. Um, one, the BDS one is closing uh, this week, so get it in quick. But the Anarchist mm. Black Cross will be continuing. But anyway, they, that's just one example, as well as like gigs that people are putting on. Fundraising gigs. People putting on fundraising events like dinners and like bars and gigs that are raising significant amounts of money as well. It's kind of like shows us that there's widespread recognition. Support and support for the for the demonstrators you know the, the people facing charges and the prisoners as well and it's it's really important because it's shown them that they're not alone yeah it's organized a lot of uh a lot of yeah raised a lot of funds and a lot of fists i think <laughs> mm-hmm. um so i don't want i don't want to come across wrong here when i say this because i'm not i don't agree with any of this myself but I did hear at the time or shortly after all of that stuff was happening, some sort of criticism about what happened on those events. And one of them was it's just a lot of younger kids just out for a jolly and a laugh. And also, you know, like, as you said, about people not being masked up. I'm just wondering what what's your response to those kinds of criticisms, considering how well you know the case and and what happened on those demonstrations? Um, I mean... I think we we have no problem with people finding a bit of fun in their resistance, mixing politics and pleasure. And as we said earlier, there was a bit of a carnival atmosphere to the protest earlier in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that in any way detracts from the seriousness of what people are fighting against. And a lot of people there, as we've mentioned, are sort of um, from the travelling community or no fixed abode. Um, So a lot of young people, and yeah, maybe it was their first... (coughs) sort of demonstration but they they were coming out because this is directly affecting their way of life and you know they might be young and inexperienced but they know that it's wrong and they know that they have to fight it Mm -hmm. Um, I think lots has been sort of written and said about the perils of uh, not covering your face at demonstrations but I think people just weren't expecting it to go the way it did you know, a lot a lot of young and inexperienced people were really shocked at the unprovoked violence by the cops and, and the police brutality. And yeah, I, yeah, just not anticipated it going the way it did. And so probably didn't really feel the need to take their security and safety that seriously. They were mm. just there to protest and maybe have a bit of fun while they were doing it. Not con- condoning being off your face <laughs> at a protest, but... Um, yeah, I think it's just fucked up how many people are now paying the price um, of facing such heavy charges for standing up to for what's right and legitimately defending themselves against police violence um, and defending each other. We're, we're, we're never going to set ourselves up in a position of, like, judging yeah. people for having too much fun on the protest. <laughs> like... You know, we'll leave that to the right wing media. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the reactionaries still post comments. Section. Yeah, <laughs> like we remember the strength of those kind of reclaim the streets demonstrations in the nineties. 
you know, I like a good mobile sound system on the streets as much as the next demonstrator. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, think there's a lot that we've, that there's a lot of strength that's gained from that sort of counterculture of DIY raves, um, like squat social centres, punk gigs, punk attitude, you know. It's, that's very Bristol, isn't it? Yeah, as well. it's contributed. has got a, a huge counterculture. Here. All, all of those things have contributed a lot to our movements and our cultures of resistance. So I don't think they should be like, uh derided or like um you know somehow that minimizes like what you're talking about because from a particular like alternative culture which is you know, happens to be like really under attack i think yeah. the old adage is party with purpose i remember from the night party with purpose <laughs> ah. you know, that old adage just uh, still got his dancing legs on i reckon you know <laughs> yeah but, but there does come a time when you know the the, the goon squad are lining up and the authorities are, you know, gearing up for a bit of old fashioned state violence, you know, which has got a lot to do with forcing through, you know, forcing like submission really to the fascist laws that want to pass through. There's come a time when we need to kind of take resistance and repression a bit more seriously, maybe. You know? Do you feel that all of this is taking away from all of the energy that is going into supporting defendants is taking away from action which directly challenges the bill or do you feel that it's just all part of the same fight um i mean i think sam said earlier is spending all this time in court is definitely not our preferred method of struggle and yeah a lot of us have had to shift our focus from opposing the bill to supporting defendants um yeah too much time in court not enough time on the streets but it's absolutely necessary. It's part of the same fight. And th- these people, they were there, they were on the streets fighting for our rights and they deserve our support. They need our support. And um, that's what we're here for. It's so important um, to show solidarity with these people. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's frustrating. Um, I fucking hate sitting in court and you have to follow all their stupid little rules. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, it is necessary. I mean, through all yeah. the stuff that we put out, we can certainly, you know, whether it's on our Twitter or well, just in the conversations we have, like in leaflets we put out, we can certainly, I think we can certainly find ways to talk about the bill and what it represents in the context of the oppression that's going on here. Because, you know, the two are very much related, aren't they? Uh, in yeah. simple terms, the actions of the police that night and in the weeks following everything they did, house raids and, you know, the sort of faces in the paper and all this sort of thing, it just gives a lot more weight to the arguments for not giving the police more powers. You know, when you see what they're capable of, and a lot of people did, many for the first time, you know, certainly at College Green, a lot of people there really shocked you know, at, the, at the, the actions of the police, you know, on many of the nights there, actually. Yeah, the police don't need more yeah. power, more confidence, entitlement or control. They've got and enough. Yeah. They've got enough. And if this bill passes, all we can expect is more attacks and more impunity against our protests and demonstrations and anyone against anyone involved in protest movements or choosing an alternative lifestyle people who are already part of marginalized communities like we, they don't need to be more oppressed so sam and blue if there's anyone listening to this who feels like they'd like to get involved in supporting defendants and in that kind of solidarity is there any way that people can get involved 
please, please get involved. We are really tired. We need some more people. Um, get in touch with Bristol Defendant Solidarity or Bristol Anarchist Black Cross. Um, you can find us both on Twitter. Um, Anarchist Black Cross have a website. Um, Instagram as and well. an Instagram. Um, BDS, our email is just Bristol Defendant Solidarity at riseup.net. Um, there's so many ways to help out. Um, you can either join or just do a bit of work um, to support. You don't have to like commit to loads and loads. You don't have to come to court. But um, just distributing stuff, fundraising, writing to prisoners, um, joining support demos. There's there's so much you can do. Yeah, yes. we do we do believe quite strongly that people should be able to contribute as much or as little as they can and want. So it's not like a, you have to be 24-7, although, you know, there's a lot of work to do. There's no sort of like someone watching a clock and seeing how much work you're doing. It's not like work. It's yeah. like we do what we can within the limits of our lives. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, get in touch if, um, if you feel like you can help. It's been amazing how people have just done fundraising gigs so we don't have to think about that. You know, there's people doing posters Obviously, a load of people writing to prisoners. Stickers. Yeah, people organising demonstrations. It's We don't want to be in a situation where it has to all go through BDS or ABC. It's like people can autonomously organise stuff. Like, you know, just going out, making up, making posters, making your own leaflets, all this sort of thing. And Proving all these demos and a couple of those. Yeah. It's really nice. Um, it needs all of it and it needs all of us at the moment because what we're facing, it's, um, yeah, it's later than people think. Yeah. Um. And what about if people haven't got time to contribute, but they have would like to give some money towards it? You mentioned this crowdfunders. How can yeah. people find them? Both both of the crowdfunders are on GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Bristol Defendant Solidarity one is is carrying on for this week. It's like Kill the Bill Bristol Legal Support. Um, yeah, getting quick. If you want to donate to that one? Yeah, um, that's going to close the end of this week. I, I think, think so. Yeah, and then the the ABC one, which is more focused on so the the one the Bristol Defendant Solidarity fundraiser is focused on raising raising money for you know to support people through the legal process in court. Bristol ABC fundraiser is um, uh, prisoner support fund. It's, it's called Kill the Bill Prisoner Support Fund. On GoFundMe, yeah. and that's that's focused on um, uh, sending money into prisoners and like um, and for when they come out as well. Yeah, having some money. Uh, so yeah, both both fundraisers both fundraisers have been doing pretty well, but could obviously do with a little bit more of a push. So share them around as well. Yeah, would be really appreciated. Okay, well, um, I'm just really in awe of you guys and all this really amazing work that you do and um thank you so much for coming on to the show today and chatting with me about it thanks for having us yeah it's really appreciated to just chat with you as well and like just want to say to people just don't lose heart it's dark times it's grim times you know with what we're facing you know with uh, the way things are going with the state just yeah we've got each other you're not alone just, just carry on like carry on fighting Convictions are strong and my vision is true I have felt to no man and I'm not near to you I choose the road, not for me 
life for being born to be sold The green hills in the distance are calling me home Got for me a life of being born to be sold Under the old grand sky